Welcome, my name is Sierra, and you are listening to Spring Skiing Stories, because we all know the snow is a lot different in the spring than it is midwinter. My guest in the studio is Zach Halverson. He is a professional skier, has skied extensively all over the world in many snowpacks, gets over 200 days in the backcountry each year, and definitely knows his snow stuff. Here he is. Hey, Zach. So we're here to talk about your experience on Mount Hood. Yes, big day on Mount Hood two years ago. What was your overall objective that day? It was to summit Mount Hood and then ski the Newton Clark headwall for the descent. Mount Rainier mission just the night before. We had turned it into a big push. So we wanted a pretty easy walk up in the morning and then the descent, spice it up for the descent. Yeah. What time of year was it? That would have been May. First week of May. So pretty late spring. First week of May. And what happened on Rainier? Rainier, we turned around because of uh melting got too hot skiing that's a good that's a good call so you were so there was a well-known melt free cycle occurring at that time in that area in on rainier there was but then going down to mount hood is a couple hundred miles south so had the anticipation that it could be happening but didn't have the confirmation that it was right um what time did you start how did you figure that out Started, that's a big day. Started early. Um, made coffee and we're hiking by 4.30. So it wasn't an insane early start, but it was pretty pretty early. How many members were in your group? Uh, me and one other guy. So when, so when you were heading up, did you notice any warning signs at all? Was there any woomping or... No, none of that. The only warning signs that we had was um, there was a lot of ice on there's like a layer of ice on top of the snow so you could tell that it did it did was getting hot but we but it was super solid so at some point it had gotten hot recently you could tell but our route up has no vision of our route down and our route up is up the south side and the route down is down the north side did you notice that as you were going up temperatures were rapidly warming was it a sunny day or it was a sunny day. Temperatures weren't rapidly warming. It was still windy and pretty crisp. Then on our descent, you know, even just five, six turns in, started to feel it, like, get a little thick, a little soupy. And the slough started to, instead of just, like, run, it started to slide. Like a wet slab, yeah. Yeah. And, and turned around, hiked back up about 30 feet tucked off into the the one safe spot we could find a little platform in between two couloirs and then buddy got taken out by a big rock that fell so he got hit by a big rock he got hit by a big rock yeah so that must have been some rapid warming didn't start an avalanche did it no nope. just landed right in we were on a little flat spot and it landed bounced off my buddy's head and shoulder and then off his arm, and then into the snow, made a bomb hole. 
Wow. Is your buddy okay? Yeah, he's me. Wow. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Was the snow warming up on your way down, or was it still icy? No, still icy on that side. So it was opposite. It was icy on the south side and mushy on the north side. So. Would you have done anything differently next time? Day or like hindsight's twenty twenty, and 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 if you really try to put yourself in the situation again, it wasn't a bad decision. There's not one decision that like it's like oh we messed up. Yeah, we did like. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Spring skiing is always very different than January skiing. It is, and that's probably the hardest part about it is that the mountains change so quickly and you have to keep up with your mindset to going from deep winter, things go, to really, you know, really figuring it out because things go from, things change real quickly. Definitely makes you think with these warming temperatures too. Spring's coming earlier. Maybe the snow will change earlier. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Keep an eye on it. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing, Zach. For sure. Take care. So that was just a story of some classic Pacific Northwest spring skiing and how conditions can change so quickly. Springtime brings longer days, higher sun angles, and the melt-freeze cycle. So the ingredients that promote a melt-freeze cycle are high daytime temps, strong solar radiation, cold nighttime temps, clear nights, high-density wet snow, rain, sunny aspects, and steep slopes, all of which we get a lot of in Colorado. So as things warm up, the snowpack begins to harbor more liquid water, vapor transfer shuts down, and then we begin to see the melt-freeze metamorphosism. A simple way of understanding the melt-freeze cycle is the way the snow begins to change as liquid water is introduced to the snowpack. As snow warms, small grains melt first, right? Followed by the bonds between the grains. And then late at night, when the snowpack cools, these grains freeze back together. The large grains grow even larger as they cannibalize the smaller grains. A simple way of understanding the melt-freeze cycle is the way the snow begins to change as liquid water is introduced to the snowpack. As snow warms, small grains melt first, right? Followed by the bonds between the grains. And then late at night, when the snowpack cools, these grains freeze back together. The large grains grow even larger as they cannibalize the smaller grains. But as the snowpack warms and melts from sun, rain, or a combination of both, the liquid water begins making its way to the ground, percolating through the snowpack. This can cause quite a few issues. It can cause pre-existing weak layers to reactivate, and the result is a wet slab avalanche, which is what Zach experienced on Mount Hood. Wet slabs hap happen often where I'm from in Alaska because we get a bunch of rain there. But down here, it seems like they're quite difficult to predict. I was lucky enough to have a phone conversation with Ethan Davis, who is an avalanche forecaster with the Sawtooth Avalanche Center. I wanted to talk to him about what he thought some rules of thumb would be for traveling in the spring. And we came up with a pretty cool list. Some things to ask yourself. Did it freeze overnight? And if so, how thick did the freeze penetrate? A few inches or a foot? How warm will it get today? What are the 
Forecast saying, what aspects will you be on? South and east aspects warm up first, followed by west, then north. Play your aspects to maximize your time in the field and know the dangers that exist on each aspect. Ethan from the Sawtooth Avalanche Center also had an interesting point that they deal with a bunch of burn forests around there, just like we deal with beetle kill, which in the spring increases radiation to the snowpack, increases wind effect to the snowpack, and altogether can change things. So make sure you know what trees you're staying in, make sure you know the forecast, make sure you know the temps, but get out there and enjoy the spring sunshine in the longer days. Thanks for listening, and I want to give a shout-out to Ethan at the Sawtooth Avalanche Center for all his input. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode, which we will dive more into metamorphism and focus on diurnal recrystallization. Thanks for listening. Hope you got a little something out of that, and have a good winter, everyone.